Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Have you ever wondered how to build conscious applications for good using VR and other XR technologies? Well, in this podcast, we're going to speak with Martha Ortex. Uh, she is the founder of Garage Stories, an innovation lab for content creators to explore and play with the endless possibilities of XR technologies that bring to the table how these are reshaping the way that we interact with the world, real and virtuals that surround us. Her goal is to make sure that the quality of the content catches up with the development of the technology to work together to shape the future we want to leave, live in. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Martha. Hey! Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you for this amazing intro, Dylan. I'm I'm super excited to uh, chat with you and and talk with you about all things XR and positive impact making. Um, I know I gave you a bit of intro, and I apologize if I butchered your last name. Uh, could you please tell the people in your own words a little bit of who you are and what you do? So. My background is at the intersection of film and entrepreneurship, film slash storytelling. So they collided very naturally when all the new media industry came to be. Initially, I was really focused solely on the language of this new media. How can we actually understand how to tell stories so as to, to explore its maximum potential? But it slowly started to shift towards thinking more of which stories do we need, considering how many challenges do we are facing currently, also considering how, how, how strong is the potential of storytelling and how little emphasis I thought that the new technologies were putting initially on that aspect. It was more based on the hardware and the software. Also, I started the company in Silicon Valley, so that was the main focus. But I realized that more than a problem, there was like a huge opportunity to tap into the potential of these technologies. Because at the end, when a technology or a new media appears, you can do anything you want with them. The end is the mother of the people involved in its development that end up shaping the potential of this technology into a certain direction. So I thought that it was a great opportunity to actually shape that technologies and these medias to a direction that could actually benefit as in many and many challenges that we are facing. That's awesome. Uh, two things. So one, if you can, with your microphone, can you just hold out your microphone a little bit? Your hair rubs against the the, the, the speaker on your microphone. This and is so, not a microphone, actually. The uh, microphone is the computer itself. Oh, it's interesting because I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it rub. This is just to raise or lower the volume. I okay. I don't I know. I think Hello? it's, I think, no, I think the microphone no. is right. I think it's the little piece on the side right there. I'm pretty sure. No, this uh, is like, yeah. uh, this is just a holder. Oh, no, no, no. Um, look on the other side, on the other one, right, right there, that little button thing. That this right is just yeah, to raise the volume. That right there is a microphone. Really? Yeah. That's the microphone. I can hear it. A hundred percent. I, pro I promise you. <laughs> okay, okay, good, 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 good. I, uh, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people on social media. They hold it out and they sing into it. Really? So it is, yeah, it's perfect. I, I can't. Really... I have that experience in podcast, so you know, now we know. You're doing, you're doing great. You're doing great. 
so that's one thing. I want I want to have the audio just so um, when we have these great podcasts, just so we can capture good quality. Um, one thing that I, that I love about it is, um, so I'm someone I've produced a lot of hackathons, virtual reality hackathons. I've been doing it since what, 2014, and a bunch of different varieties of types of XR type of hackathons. Um, I came across you because a friend of mine who have ran like MIT media hackathons with another ones, he recommended connecting with you um, because you actually put on this XR hackathons um, and these types of events for good. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the types of hackathons that you've put on these XR technologies and what, you, what you've been really focused on? Yeah, so when we start shifting from working solely with the film industry to other industries, Mm -hmm. We, our first client were governments and companies. Mm -hmm. So when you work with uh, public institutions, it's more natural to have a focus towards good because at the end, their ultimate mission is to take care of the citizens. When it comes to companies, I feel that more and more they understand that even if it's like a beauty company, at the end, the best way that clients want to be want co connect with brands more and more is through values so i feel that doing things for impact is is, is a rising value for for many different stakeholders also for us i think it's important when you when you work especially for yourself and you have your own company it's very important that you believe in what you do mm -hmm. so for me it always makes sense that if we are able to put such huge hackathons we should at least use this energy and this amount of brilliant people that we managed to bring together in order to use their creative juices for something that was bigger than ourselves so that was always something that was like a premise from the very beginning got it well it's it's super cool i mean i know the ones that we did before because i was a mentor for the the hack the hospitals um that was the one that, yeah, you, that, that you did that one was particularly cool because we actually um designed it with the intention that the two best ideas will be implemented which is not mm -hmm. something that always happens in hackathon so i think that that's something that that's that makes a huge difference and also we involved the the, the kids at the hospital where at the end like the target users of whatever solution we were going to come out so so yeah that, that was really really exciting that was great did, did anybody end up actually uh the the winning teams are they getting that built out right now is that mm -hmm. happening yeah. Yeah, it's happening yeah. both the both projects. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What were the, can you can you talk to me about uh, the applications that won and this is being streamed into a couple of channels of of XR developers and things like that. So could you talk to me just a little bit about the winners and what do they like? How do they end up winning and what is that? What do they look like? Sure. Another thing I would like to mention about this hackathon, particularly because there is an upcoming one next mm -hmm. month and we have open application in case anyone wants to apply. The fact is that we accept individual applications. So the teams that won were conformed with people that met in, for the purpose of the hackathon. So we tried to mix people with very different skills, but but similar visions. And so the, the projects that won, one is like a team that's based between Germany and Barcelona. The other one is between Boston, Atlanta, and one from Barcelona too. So um, the first one is called Squeezy, which is like a 360 camera. Mm -hmm. So there is two parts of the project. There is the camera that the family has, and there's the VR device that the kid at the hospital has. So essentially, the family can create experiences where the kid can be immersed. 
But what's innovative about this project is that the the, the camera has a, uh, is connected to a sensor in the headset that that targets the emotions of the kid at the hospital because maybe someone with a really good intention is is pulling out this experience where the kid can feel like he was in a, in a party with his friends but he's actually not and maybe the fact that he cannot really physically interact is frustrating him so the mm -hmm. camera allows you to have feedback if what you're doing with your best intention is actually making him feel better or overwhelmed or what's going on that's one. The other one is boost board. Real quick, real quick. I just want to explain that and just reiterate it back to make sure that I understand and the other people understand it. Mm -hmm. So for someone, for a child who's stuck in a hospital bed, mm -hmm. what you have is you have a 360 camera that maybe someone has at their home or at a party, right? The, the, yeah, the kids friends and family little, have it. They have it. The kids got this squishy doll that's basically a camera and they're at their hospital bed. Yeah. It can then not only track their, the, the face of the kid, but also it can track the emotion. So some sort of camera tracking on the face or something that says the kid's happy or sad, that's translated to the the device that's at the birthday party yeah. or at the friends and family's pace. So the right. people at the birthday party can tell, oh, um, little Timmy in the hospital bed uh is really happy when we go to blow out the candles or we celebrate we can see that he's celebrating as well so you can see the transfer of the emotion from the from the kid in the hospital bed yeah. all the way to the party so that there's a it's a it's that cross chasm from 360 yeah. experience being in the hospital bed to them seeing out of the party to them sharing their emotions across the board yeah. right that's really cool that's that's a that's, that's a really fun great use case and really the, a great way to bridge those emotions which i think is yeah. great yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, please, I just want to just to kind of reiterate it back so we can kind oh, of see it from the side. Thank sides. you for doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And then the other one is called Boostboard. And Boostboard is a game slash um, community that's for kids at the hospital to be able to interact with themselves through um, pre-established games in the app. It's an augmented reality that, you, that has some portals where you can interact and play with your hospital mates it was also designed like considering the restrictions that were in place with COVID and also understanding that it may continue plus mm -hmm. also considering that some kids cannot really um leave the room because maybe they are really fragile and even if it's not COVID like getting infections is a very high risk or whichever reason mm -hmm. so it allows for to create these games also to leave messages and connect Plus, also, you can create your own games in the platform. Mm, that's great. So it's a it's a multiplayer augmented reality application that allows for kids in hospital mm. beds to be able to play with each other without physical interactions, which reduces the chances of getting sick and then allows yeah. people to go through that. So so I can play games inside there, leave messages to my friends. And then you said at some point being able to have them even build their own games and experiences and share it with their friends. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. That's great. I love that you were explaining it better than me. Very, very good. <laughs> I, I will actually use use it. <laughs> Take it. It's recorded. You can go go do what you want with it. It just helps me to understand and it helps for other people to understand. No, no, no. It's amazing. You know? Yeah, especially because yeah. we've been with this project so much that sometimes like you have your head so much into it that multiple perspectives are great. I mean, and that's yeah. the power of that's the power of hackathons. I mean, I I love uh, participating in hackathons. I love mentoring at hackathons. I love putting them together. Um, and you're doing them for good. I think it's great. And then also what I think it's great about it is it expands what's possible. Like the, the 360 camera app for hospital beds. You're like, oh, wow, that's a really good use 
for 360 video camera. Most of the time, actually, you know, that sums mm. up why we started doing this because at the very beginning, our labs were really focused on the language and on the mm. creative side of these technologies. But at the end, what we realized is like if no one cares about what you're doing, it doesn't matter how cool it is because no one is there to see it. And what was happening is like these technologies, whoever that cared, already mm. cared before because it's like. Yeah, if you love technology, you will care about technology developments. But if you don't care about technology itself, which is like uh, probably like I think most percentage of the population is not so into like the potential of technology, it's not mesmerizing for them. So we decided that we should we had to put the emphasis on something else. So it was not anymore about the technology or the content. It was more about what they could do. The thanks God, the larger amount of people actually do care about different social issues so it was easier to get a broader spectrum of people interested plus also it gave a longer life to the projects because they actually had a purpose and also i realized that when you actually start with a purpose or a challenge it's way easier to design these technologies because you understand why you need them otherwise it's just an abstract premise what yeah. can I do with this? Actually, you could do anything. And that's it's overwhelming. The, the, the real answer. So why don't, instead of just doing anything, that's just something mm -hmm. that actually can, can be of use. Yeah, it's so great. And you're right. You're creating these containers for creativity. You're allowing people to kind of fit in this box and go, okay, yes, VR is awesome. Yay, AR is awesome. But what's the purpose? What's the impact? What does it serve? Because I think a lot of people, when you first start to develop and create, you're blown away by the technology. And you're just like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing ever. But then you don't know what to do with it. But really making those constraints and those focuses saying, oh, this is for kids in hospitals or this is for the planet or this is for any other, other use cases, I think is, is, is a wonderful container and, and a way to kind of by helping other people, you grow yourself. And that's one of the best benefits that I've seen with, you know, helping helping people along the way is by by giving a lot, you get a lot out of it, whether it's just the energy or it's insights or it's connections or any of that fun stuff, um, I think is I think is fantastic. What other hackathons have you done besides the hospital one? Is there what other ones? Um, what other themes have you done with purpose? So um, we do a lot of things for for city councils mm. in the in where, as I was saying, like for city councils, it's very natural to 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 work on things for good. So we do um, with the city council in Barcelona, we do a big one to to tackle different challenges. This one is more focused on citizen engagement. So what we design is not products, but ways to engage citizens in being part of the solution of recycling or elders and loneliness and, and different aspects. Then we do other events with the city councils where we actually use technology for people to envision the future and create mm -hmm. visions, but it's more of a conversation starter or where do they want to be in 10 years from now? Also empowering people to understand that the future is something that is we are designing today. Is it a yeah, it's, it's not really a hackathon hackathon, but it was like also a creative fast paced lab, but it was, we use augmented reality to create visions and to intervene physically six locations in the city where young people 
could, could create this vision on how they imagine to be their city in 10 years from now. Yeah. So that was that was really, really, really cool and interesting what came out of it. Also, it was like the the interventions were then um, available for for the citizens, the rest of the citizens to actually to actually see. So that was a lot of fun. God, is there, is there any applications there that were noteworthy? I, I actually, what it makes me think of is someone else that did something similar, not for a hackathon, but an actual use case. But do you have any of the applications or things that are top of mind that stood out to you as like, oh, that's a really cool use case for this technology? You mean in terms of um, augmented reality? Uh, well, I meant for uh, citizen engagement, uh, future visionings, planning things. Uh, you said that it was a really interesting, uh, you said it was a hackathon or an, uh, an ideation session. Is there, was there something that was, uh, that, that came from it that, that stood out to you? So what came out was we used uh, uh, an already establishing a white label AR app. And mm. what came out from the hackathon was actually the content that went into it. So in a way, we use the app as if we were like canvassing the city. Got so, it. Oh, OK. Yeah. So it's not like we develop ideas. It was more canvassing the city for what do they wanted the city to look like in, in six different aspects. Oh, I got it. I got it. OK, so there was a it was an augmented reality app that would yeah. allow you to paint the city or create content. And so people yeah. could could go out and paint the city like for example graffiti artists that want to make something beautiful no 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 no. <laughs> sorry no okay so for the participants of the hackathon yeah the with the creative lab so we used a pre-existing augmented reality app mm -hmm. and only the participants created the content but the participants work in different groups and each group were talking about different topics like sport culture health etc for 2030 and each team had a location in the city that they intervened. So they mix like digital content with the real content of the city to create like visual installations that made people reflect upon where those young kids wanted their city to look like in terms of health, for example, in mm. 10 years from now. And God. then the, um, these, um, these interventions were available to the public for year, for three months. That's awesome. Yeah, it uh, that community collaboration on what you want your city to look like uh, is 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 awesome because we often feel very disconnected from our government and the choices our government yeah. makes. And we can't always control what our country does, but we have a better impact on the city level, on a smaller yeah. level. Uh, one company that I had uh, on the podcast, they actually had a great use uh, for augmented reality. Uh, what they did was there's like park plannings and things like that is they had a thing set up to where you could kind of lay down where the trees go and what you want this park to look like and what that looks like on like a top down mm -hmm. yeah. map. And then people could go to that actual park and with the augmented reality app, they could go around and they could look at the trees, at the different things, and they could vote, oh, I like this, I don't like this, I do like this. And they could have an overall impact on where you could use augmented reality to envision what you want yeah. your city to look like. And you have that collaboration town hall meeting yeah. kind of stuff. So I think that ways to use the XR technology, the AR technology to, to help people collaborate to make something that is that's impactful and awesome, I think is it's super exciting, um, exciting work, and I and it lends me to what you've got coming up in about a month or so. 
um, with people collaborating on what they want their environment to look like. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so what we're doing in a month is like the second edition of the, the Hack the Hospital this year is Hack the Planet and Human's Health. So we felt that when we talk about sustainability, it's such a broad topic that we wanted to narrow it more down and also establish a more direct call to action. So we focus the hackathon on the direct impact of the state of the planet into human's health and vice versa. So, well, not vice versa, but in a way, we're trying to establish a more healthy relationship between humans and the planet. Mm -hmm. We felt that bringing it to such a personal approach, it could have more impact, the solutions. And so this hackathon is happening um, the last weekend of February. We do it in collaboration with the Mobile World Capital, which is uh, the biggest uh, technology congress in, in Europe that takes place starting 28th of February until the 3rd of March. It's a super exciting event and there is like a lot of opportunities for, for people getting to hear about your project. So the, the winning projects will actually be able to present there. And also, we are also working with an insurance company that will give some cash price to the best idea plus help in the implementation of the idea in case the team is willing to to move forward so yeah i feel it's going to be super exciting and it's going to be again a global hackathon we're currently in an open call i think one of the things that will be more exciting for me to participate in a hackathon like that is that despite it's 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 online which is also good because you can work with people from all over we dedicate a lot of effort in building communities so the hackathon is only one weekend but starting the last Wednesday of February, January, every Wednesday we organize a networking event for people to meet each other. We open a Discord community by the end of the month as well. Plus we have master classes with professionals in the field of tech and climate action leading up to the hackathon. So I feel the, the vibe we managed to generate last year was really cool and we, we hope to, to be able to do it again this year. I very much enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed being a mentor for it. Um, it was a it, you, you did a great job putting together. It was fun to be a part of a hackathon that I didn't throw and have you have to deal with all of that stuff. I saw <laughs> yeah. that, late, that late night setup where you guys were just huddled with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Go, hey, welcome. Go that way. Yeah, just keep yeah. going. You had to, to go through that process of setting up the environment. So yeah. for people that, that, that uh, caught this or didn't catch this, uh, she she has another uh, through garage stories. There's another hackathon they got coming up called Hack the Planet. Mm -hmm. Hack the Planet is at the end of February, which is helping people uh, make a, a better impact with the planet. It's in partnership with the Mobile World Conference. Uh, it's and, and that's at the very end of February. And if you starting the every Wednesday, um, you know, starting in January or at, at the end of January, starting in February, you're going to have community building activities where you're going to have educational classes and community events in both the design space on how to design these things, but also in the areas of sustainable growth, right? I believe that's what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Oh, cool. What, uh, for yourself personally with garage stories, you know, what's your, it, uh, you guys, uh, could you describe a bit of what you guys are? Are you guys a, a development studio plus a, a hackathon? An innovation lab. Innovation lab. We don't, we do not produce neither developed any projects we run um, hackathons, we run incubation incubation programs, mm. etc. But we do not produce. We do not produce at all. 
Got it. So neither you, is our neither is our idea of growth for ourselves. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is become more of a because right now it's based on projects, but we are accumulating an insane community, and mm-hmm. our vision is to actually be able to open up more of an ongoing um, an ongoing based of content and opportunities for people for networking and growing. And what we want to bring into this mix is that, and that's one of the, my, 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 my latest obsessions, let's put it this way. So I believe that stories have a huge um, economical potential. And all I see is like creators that are struggling to fund their projects, and companies that struggle to actually know how to engage and how to and how to tailor efforts, especially those companies that are starting to work more through their values and because they actually believe in it. So what we want to do is to create this community for creators and startups and brands to actually be able to work together because the premise under which we we work on is that in order to change the world, we need ideas, but we also need stories that help people be ready to adopt these new ideas. Because you can have a brilliant idea, but if no one is is ready to for the for the change of lifestyle or the change of mindset that it requires, it's never going to work. So I feel that there is a need for those things to work together. So the the site and the program we're building is is called Stories Times Future. Something that we've already done some smaller programs, they're always self-funded, but that's where we want to start um, gearing our, our efforts towards. Mm. Got it. So Innovation Lab, so you do mm. hackathons, innovation events, basically ideation, ways to actually stimulate ideas and innovation, uh, which, is, which, is, which is great. Uh, then you're saying that you want to create a place where uh, you're connecting story creators or, or content creators along with brands and people that want to have a message that they can share and get out there. And so you want to kind of beat that nexus point. And so you're really focused primarily on right now is building a community around like-minded people uh, in, in the different areas, whether they're storytellers or the developers or their companies or, or groups of people that want to uh, bring a message. Is that kind of what you're is that yeah because till now we only understood co-creation amongst creators let's say you bring the technologies you bring the the business expert you bring the storyteller whatever you have a great team and that till now we narrowed our concept of co-creation to this mm-hmm. but actually why with that we thought why don't we open this concept to creation to actually involve those people who actually need what could potentially be created. So in, right now, with the way we work is that like we have a, a client, whoever it is, a company, an institution, etc., and they have this challenge, and then we create these hackathons where they can find all these ideas. But it's a one-time big project. What we want to do is to be able to replicate on an ongoing basis on a smaller, a smaller projects. So this relationship between brands and companies that are looking for ideas, which you already know that they exist because at the end they are our clients, that they can mm. foster these more personal relationships with the creators that we also know because they are the ones who actually participate. So we want to, instead of doing a feast four mm. times a year, we want to feed small meals all day long. Yeah. 
If Got that it. metaphor works in any way, it sounded really weird. I, I, I wish the best one. Yeah, putting together a hackathon is a bitch. It is really, really hard. And anybody that's never actually done it, you don't understand all of the different moving components from putting together the materials and the paperwork and the sponsorships, organizing the people and outsourcing and marketing it and getting people to come in and getting mentors and making sure it all works. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of moving components that I don't think people appreciate the amount of effort that goes into it. And then it's a one, you're talking about it's a one-time event takes three to four months, three, even three to six months to build a thing. Then it's, then it's a, a weekend and then it's up and gone. It makes a lot of great content um, and ideations, but after that you get drained. So you're trying to find a more sustainable model that would allow kind of like an ecosystem to, to have these little micro ideations, micro sessions that go off and kind of be able to pair people. And that's kind of what you're looking at as the new, as the new business model for yourself. That kind of. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That, that, that will define it pretty well. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I wish you the best. And uh, building those communities is, is uh, you know, I, I think you have a great purpose and a great mission, I think, but those communities, you gotta, you gotta give a piece of your soul. You know, it takes time and effort and energy. You gotta cut a bit of yourself off, put it into the system. It, it just can't run on autopilot. You can't have a bunch of bots running around the system making comments for you. So um, I think it's great. Uh, Bruce here has got a comment. Um, I don't fully understand it, but maybe you do. He goes, Marta, are you worried about the Oh all yeah, I get dark, this question all the time. All the dark uh, mirrors. Yeah, can you explain it a little bit? You 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 ask me or Bruce? Yeah, Marta, can you explain a little bit about uh, the dark mirror stories uh, putting the AR into negative light? Yeah, so Black Mirror, um, they have a bunch of episodes where they depict scenarios where technology where technologies take a really dark turn. So in a way, they they like the hyper man, the negative impact that a technology could do. And I am not exactly worried, that wouldn't be the word, but it's true that stories for future comes, actually the way I used to explain to people what we're gonna do is like a positive black mirror. We want to show actually the opposite, how actually could technology become human's best ally and how this is possible. It's just a matter of people getting involved in the in the design of it because i feel that a lot of people is just scared of technology and they don't i mean i guess we're talking to an audience of hackers but i'm sure you can empathize with this feeling where when you go to christmas dinner it's like most of the family don't understand they just think it's terrible and horrifying and they don't even want to talk about it because it's going to ruin their night so i feel that there is ways to change these perspectives and also to to give people a way to get involved in how do we design? What do we want these technologies to do for us? Because at the end, we have this power to, to, to define. We're just not aware. We don't make use of it. Mm. So, so yeah. And I wanted to say something that I forget mid-sentence. but so, we, so what you're saying right there is this, is, is Black, Mirror, Black Mirror is a future, right? It's a future that someone imagined. Right, yeah. but the but the future isn't predetermined. It's not written. It's not already saying this. This is what is, and this it will happen. We make the future, and yeah. the way that we do it is by people innovating, people coming up with ideas, people pushing things out there. And it's just a technology like virtual reality and augmented reality. You can do some amazing things with it, and you can do some terrible, terrible things with yeah. it. Yeah, you know? that, That's so. Can you push it in the right direction? And that's a big thing. It's like yeah, there's a little yeah. There's some, Augmented reality. There's some there's some spooky AR things uh, that can happen with augmented reality, um, but there's also some amazing some amazing use cases. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. And in and I also feel that sorry, I was trying to fight here. Okay. I, I think she's gonna plug in her computer. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. that. Yeah. One of my guests previously there all, all I heard was the last thing of like, oh shoot, and then the whole whole thing crashed. So oh. uh and so I appreciate twenty one, but just just in case. So yeah. um there is this amazing book from um his name um Schiller um the narrative of economics the, the narrative, narrative of, of economics. economics yeah i'm not yeah, familiar with that book. It, um, yeah, can, can you tell me a little bit about uh, it yeah let me let me tell you the art the, the, the writer please uh robert schiller yeah so this book was very inspiring for me and and, and it reinforced like my belief that stories are so powerful he talks that you cannot understand economics only based on theories. Because at the end, a lot of crises are driven by people's beliefs. It doesn't matter if they people stories, it doesn't matter if they are real or not. It matters how viral they become. And for example, like talking about very core narratives, there is like again, maybe this message doesn't really resonate with the audience of this podcast because it's it's people who work in technology, but it does resonate with the vast majority of people. They're really afraid that AI is going to replace everyone and they are going to end up with no jobs because there will be machines working for all of us. And that's a, like this, this narrative, this belief, it becomes particularly strong in countries where there is a high rate of, of unemployment, such as Spain. So I feel that these narratives, we shouldn't overlook them. That's something that we should like actually make an effort to to try and educate people. So the way we started designing this project, Stories, Times, Future, it, it's the, the first program we are gonna do is actually at the end of the year, where we wanna bring like technology experts and also um, social leaders that they explain on one side the potential of technology so people have a better understanding and also how, how, how social issues are being addressed from from different power positions and then for creators to create short animated stories that in a way build this alternative collective imaginarium of what the future could look like and the way where we want to do like very simple uh, stories um is that that then these stories are very easily shared uh -huh. so so actually it can reach a wider audience that that maybe it's not so into our ecosystem Mm. So then what you're saying is, is you can just make new stories. So we have these, the power of narrative and, and what you're doing is you said it's called future stories and you're allowing people story like, times future, story time, future, story time, future Sto stories, time stories, uh, stories, times, future. times, 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 yeah. future stories, yeah. times, future. Got yeah. it. I appreciate the symbol that helps. Uh, so, but what you're really saying is like, I, I, I agree that narratives are one of the most powerful things that are very underrated. And it's funny because people in the interactive space, uh, they poo-poo they it. They talk shit on it because it's not interactive. It's not VR. It's not AR. And they think stories aren't as powerful as interactive experiences. And I think it's, it's, it's we're evolving. We, we use stories as a way to share knowledge back and forth, to share impact, to share, hey, uh, don't go into the forest. That's where a tiger bit my arm off. Right. That's a, it's a story that shares a lesson 
that allows you yeah. to learn and grow. And how, how have you, for yourself personally, can you talk to me about a story that like you've used or ways that you've leveraged stories in your own life to kind of create change? I actually want to mention that stories are everything. So interactive experiences are also stories. Hmm. Like stories are the, the big container. What I was trying to explain is that with, with, uh, with these first iterations of stories, time, future, we're trying to craft final projects where they may be a stories about virtual reality, but that the end project is something that's very easily shared on, on current internet because we feel that it's important that it reaches wider audiences that it could potentially do. But part of the technologies we want to talk is VR and AR because I feel like the metaverse, for example, right now is like such a hot topic that most people is absolutely freaked out about it. So um, I guess in all of this, because none of my friends is into technology, they thought I'm really weird. So yeah, I, I just really have like a <laughs> like maybe a very clear target on my head or on, on, on the kind of beliefs that that that, that like my family and friends that that they work in very different industries. What's the comfort? Uh, What's the controversial beliefs that you have that causes fights at your family dinner table? No, it's a, well, they, they are really scared about all of this. Like, for example, about AI, like you cannot even start this conversation because it, it ends very fast. It's like, this is going to happen. Okay. Uh, or like about the metaverse, it's like this dark place where they think that they're not going to leave home anymore and only rich people will be allowed to still travel to, to real places. This mm -hmm. could potentially be true, actually, but that's that's part of the mission of this to make sure that this doesn't become a reality yeah so the, the fear is is that the metaverse is going to stop us from going out and being social and only rich people yes. will be able to travel and then ai is going to steal everybody's jobs and we're yes. all going to be uh, uh home horrible to them, yeah. we're going to be homeless with a vr headset on that's what's going to happen that's yeah. pretty much i think that's pretty much what it, they envision yeah yeah and that, i mean that's it's fair and a lot of things also come to people that are um their data only comes from shock factor things that are scary online people that like watching yeah. black black mirror episodes and uh, and so i guess what do you what do you say to them like what do you say to them when they're when that's when that's the fear and that's the concern if you had a chance to like how, how do you how do you show them a new possibility um i mean in some cases i don't even try <laughs> but i i i feel that this is this is part of the of the job that that, that we try to really do at, at the garage stories to empower people that believe that the future is being designed today, and that's also why it's very important for us the diversity on the on the events we we organize, to because I, I the one one thing I strongly believe is like okay, which stories can change the world? Actually, for me, the only stories that can change the world are those that are co-created where they don't only include one point of view, because at the end of the stories will always be subjective, but they have to include diversifying subjectiveness. Mm -hmm. And there is a very interesting like image. I don't know if I can find out, but there is a theory about the future that's a cone. So we are here today. Wait, mm -hmm. I'm seeing myself reverse, so I don't know if I'm going to do it. No, OK. So we're here today, and there is a cone of all the potential futures we could land up. But then there is this image where there is like many cones that are hyperimposed because at the end everyone is at a very different point, so we are not even in the same in the same cone. Mm. It, it's so complex to say without seeing the picture. But it was very interesting on on 
for me innovation and and everything like some people ask if there was a magic answer for me there is not a magic answer it's about like co-creation involving people starting conversations yeah and you're, what you're saying is this is that we while we feel reality to us is real right we feel that our stories are real but they're not real yeah. they're, just, they're just real to us right but if we yeah. can all if we can all agree on the same shared story like if we all agree that you know the most important thing is love or we are you know we are all different parts of ourselves connecting them with each other right but these are different stories that if we all could share and co-create that same story it'd be valuable um but there's i feel like there's a balance between both of those things though too because part of the thing is you have to believe in yourself even though you're not a certain way you have to believe that you can be a certain way in order to get there right so for my you know myself I've, i you know i went from being just an hourly employee to running my own food truck running my own food truck to running my own development studio and running my own community and that kind of so but this weird path along the way where people are like what are you doing that's crazy why are you going that way? You have you have no business being over there. It's not safe. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep going this way. It feels like the right way to go. So I think it's important to have this shared vision, but I think there's also, it's important to have a, a, a really weird, like be okay looking like a fool, being okay going off onto your own and being okay if your family thinks you're crazy because you're 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 backing the, the metaverse AI machine. You know, it's-, it's Yeah, I, I think there is a different perception, like, what I mean about co-created like narratives is that I think it's more for shared spaces. Like, of course, we are all individuals and our own life is our own life. That's a separate like thing. But I would I would say that continuing with your example of your family, you and your family don't need to agree on what you do with your life. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it would be important that you agree that if you live under the same roof, which are the sort of rules that make your 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 interaction the most satisfying for everyone. So I feel that this is the kind of narrative that are important that includes all your perspectives because maybe you are annoyed because they someone does something that's offensive and and just meaning like of course like more in like this this we, we are social beings, so it's not about for me to to tell you what you should do with on with your own things is more in the space that we actually coexist mm. so we all are in our best benefit do you have any um tactics or tools or exercises for creating shared narratives or co-creating a space or or something like that i know you do a lot of these innovations and systems and things like that how do you get everybody to to start to start uh, collaborating on one story what does that look like um, well, that's uh, one of the most uh, challenging and interesting parts of the job, as you must, as you might know, because in these hackathons, like when you're working with people, at the end, you have to, to really understand that you're going to face with many different perspectives and realities and backgrounds and, and people that see things very differently. Some, some people is very good in teamwork. Some people are more, more challenging. And, and so also because one of the premises of our labs is that people do not know each other, like by default. It's, it's not that we create teams where there is not enough people that know each other. It's like by default, you have to be willing to work with people you don't know. And and so we we have designed our, our own methodology based on, on design thinking and on design futures and, and so on. So it helps people go from zero to something. But I think in order 
to 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 set the base for a good teamwork. I think in the the, the first part of it is like everyone must feel hurt. So I feel that's potentially if that happens properly, it doesn't matter how many challenges they can face during the process. If that first base has been established where everyone feels that they got to say what they think and all the opinions are listened and respected and the construction of the ideas is more like on top of each other and, and growing instead of choosing my idea or your idea. It's like we are creating something together that I would have never been able to do because I would have never thought about what you just thought. And we just uh, thought inspired me to actually add this other layer. And and so, yeah, I think people being here is, is what mm -hmm. creates it. And, and and for that, we have different like different like things we do. It also depends on whether it's online, offline, also how much, how long are the labs because we go from two days to two weeks. So it really depends. You do two week innovation sprints, like like in terms of like uh, ideation to help people think of something that you have it because I've done I've done one day, two day, three day, four day, even five, I think it's the most I've never done two weeks. What is yeah, like, yeah, we, we've we've done two weeks. Um, what what it's like, because we do like from ideation to prototyping mm -hmm. to communication. Plus, then if you add businesses, you add people who come and speak like Honestly, as much time as I've had, I always used it all and I always felt it was not enough because the more time you have, the more ambitious you become. And it's like, okay, let's do this too. And let's do that too. And let's go here and let's see that. So it's never, just like, it's never. like you never get enough time. Like, yeah. What, uh, I don't know if we got, we lost a second. We might have lost you for half a beat there. Um, for yourself though, in terms of what are because you've probably seen a lot of people create and innovate and things like that what do you think are the elements for or what do you how do you think it, people go about that become successful with the application right is there a certain process that they go through are there certain pieces that when they go to innovate you're like that's a good innovation like like how can how can you tell that that something is going to be successful or there is there is something that has been that has gone through a good process and creates the most chance for success for that concept do you know what I'm saying? See, see. Um, I think it's being really able to understand what's your value proposal and who cares about this value proposal because it may be really strong, but not for everyone. So I think it's being very aware of who are you helping and how and why. Plus, Actually, we developed the theory of the triangle based on this, the project that I saw being successful. And the story of the triangle works. But essentially, you need three allies. You need the knowledge allies, those allies that can actually like bring solid knowledge and also maybe even reputation into the project. On the other side is the outreach and marketing allies, those those companies, brands, organizations, people that they are already like fairly well connected, that they bring this reputation that it's open doors in terms of getting the word out, getting your idea to be known. And then there is the money allies, those people who are actually, who actually have the, the, the financial capacity or the need to invest on your project. And I feel that if you manage to have two of these two of these vertices finding the third one is fairly easy 
Got it. So if you have the knowledge and you can market it, no problem. If you've got the money and the knowledge, no problem. If you've got, as long as you've got two or three of those angles of the triangle, then you'll be in a the good spot. The third one is bound to happen, is, is quite likely to happen. But I feel it all starts by really understanding what's your value proposal and mm. to, to seeing how being able to identify, to being able to identify all these people that you need for your project, or this people and um, organizations you need for your project to exist and being able to see and to translate your idea into your language. It's not about help me, it's about I'm helping you. So so the, when you're talking about value proposition, what you're saying is, okay, who are you helping and how are you helping them? And what kind of yeah. value are you actually creating for them? Because the value yeah. proposition is there's got to be somebody that you are creating value for. And yeah. so if you get really clear on who that is and how you're helping them, and then you can get really clear. Okay, well, if I know that, then I know how I know what I need to build in terms of the knowledge, and I know yeah. how I need to reach reach them in terms of the marketing. And if I know if I know what I need to build and how I'm going to reach them, now I know how much money I'm going to need in order to make all this stuff happen. And you can tell because if you know the value prop, you can now know, okay, this is how much value I'm generating. Which ultimately, I mean, all of this stuff is what what we would love to do as developers and innovators and things like that is not think about a budget. Just get unlimited money to tinker all day long. Yeah, yeah, I would like that too. <laughs> it, would, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. And these hackathons are these little opportunities to try to do that as best you can. But at the end of the day, it's got to generate some sort of value. You've got to be able to monetize it in some sort of capacity, whether that's grants or donations or money. There's got to be some sort of means to the ends. And so what I like about uh, uh, what you're doing is oftentimes with hackathons, I've seen this. People have great ideas, but then after the weekend, they can't stick together. They yeah. can't keep going. They, they fall off the deep end. And so you create this really cool through line where you said, I'm going to help you get this made. So the winner, the most, the person that won it most, we're going to, we're going to pass this off to that group of people, whether it's this insurance company or whoever to help make this become real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you, what are other things you think people trip up on when they go to innovate, they go to make these ideas, they go, they go from a hackathon to now trying to, build an entire business around it. What do you think are some of the areas that people trip up on when they try to get out the door? I feel excitement and the energy after hackathon is like here. Mm -hmm. Do you realize how much you've done in three days, but then sort of the energy dilutes. So you really have to, 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 to really believe in, 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 in that thing. And also, of course, another problem with these things is like you create these multidisciplinary teams, which work great for 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 the hackathon. But then maybe not everyone is. I don't think everyone joins a hackathon in order to become an entrepreneur. Some people join for the fun, for meeting people, which is as valuable as starting a company. So I think then after that, there is a really honest conversation that needs to be had in order who is actually willing to put time in it and who is not. And I think people in that case it's good when they are honest about mm -hmm. how much they're willing to, con to to commit to things. So it's something that normally after hackathons, we do like a follow-up with the teams that win for a few weeks. And we try to, to, to help them in this process of divorce in some cases, because not everyone is, is, is. so we, we try just to make it easier, like this, this process of establishing, is anyone willing to, to put the energy that it requires or not, or how we want to do that. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to follow up with them and kind of, you know, inspire them to kind of keep going. But it really is, it's, I mean, it's almost like a, 
especially that mate. It's like it's like a date, right? Like you're dating. Yeah. You get together and you're like, yeah. hey, uh, we just spent the weekend together. How do you want to do? You want to spend the next six months? What about two years? Because this is going to yeah. take this long. And some people are like, no, yeah, the, date, yeah. the, the date was great. I'm going to go yeah. this way. Have a have a yeah. wonderful, have a wonderful day, which is yeah, which yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but you're right. That is, it's that energy and, and it's really funny because you can be, you can be committed for 48 hours, which is a lot of energy, but that keeping that momentum alive is, is, is super important. Uh, I mean, what advice would you give to people that want to get started, you know, building this XR technology that want to get up and going, um, that maybe they want to build a business or something, but you know, what are some, what, what is some, maybe some uncommon advice that you've that you could give to people that want to get into the space? I think curiosity is an excellent driver because in curiosity, there is no fear. So I think starting this journey with curiosity to test how much you actually enjoy this, how much this brings to your career, how much enjoyment it actually brings to your life as a whole, actually getting into this. I think it's curiosity. I think curiosity is like your North Star in so many mm. things in life. Because when you're curious and you're not scared, it's like you're just actually curious about to see what happens and you feel able that you can play and you can test and you're not even afraid of failing. You're just like actually really discovering. And I think like there is like a very pure and beautiful energy when you just feel curiosity on, on, on learning. So I think to get started, that's the starting point. Then you get to know that industry you get to know yourself you get to know what what makes it work for you but i think like the first the first feed you move is is out of curiosity mm. it was really powerful yeah when, when you're curious there is no fear that yeah. there's that that's a really powerful like thought and statement possibly a bumper sticker um around <laughs> yes. you know what i'm saying uh <laughs> as you go into the back of someone trying to read the back of their bumper sticker uh <laughs> But the uh, looking at it is, you're right. I mean, if you're curious, you don't have fear. You're 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 too you're too busy worrying about someone else than you are worrying about yourself. Yeah. And I think that with that curiosity, it shifts that focus, which I think is really cool. Um, and Bruce says ideas uh, and startups are like children; they will need child support. Um, oh yeah. So they, it is a it is the baby, right? We put all that energy into it. Uh, for for you, for what you're doing, for garage stories for uh this future times um stories times future uh what for you is your holy grail what is your big goal what is the what is the end game for all of these things that you're doing i believe in the power of stories for for change but i don't see them just like um a rudimentary tool. I also think that stories have a bunch of magic and imagining this future, there is not only like efficient solutions, okay, a future where I put the solar panel so I can see a new way. No, it's actually about the magic and the potential for 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 a better world in 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 not only a straightforward way. I feel stories have this 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 space for for magic, for for dreaming, for for happiness. So I feel like the end goal is to be able to to empower people to be able to to dream, 
and mm-hmm. to be able that they can create this magic about the future. Because I feel like when a lot of people talk about solving challenges, it's like very efficient or straightforward or very like gray colors. They're like, I don't know. I just feel like I see too much of a like a, a dual image of efficiency. And I feel like being able to 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 embrace people, let be part of, of this of this movement, I feel there is much more space for for dreaming together in a way. Mm-hmm. And I feel that what motivates me more and more as I go into this journey is how much when you work with community, how much you can do. Not, not only that I believe as garage stories we can do everything at all, but I feel that when you work with community and the way you became a steering wheel, where if you manage to empower one person, that person is able to empower or inspire so many others. So I feel that what motivates me is that I've actually seen that spiral power happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's a combination of my love for stories, because for me, stories are efficient and they have a huge economical potential, but also they have everything else. I feel that they also contain magic or at the end, what what makes things more exciting. I don't know, maybe it's called magic, but it's like more like not just an efficient solution of how we're gonna solve this problem. We solve this problem, but we also imagine a place where we solve this problem and all these other beautiful things happen. Plus all the part of community. That's awesome. So it's a it's a combination of the love of the story, the combination of being able to kind of share those stories and then see the impact of the stories that you're making along the way. Just yeah, I feel like stories are like a like building that stories is very a beautiful process for creators and a beautiful process for those who enjoy it. So yeah, I'm really really excited to explore how much can we done with it mm-hmm. and what stories for future aims to. I don't think stories on itself can change, solve the world, but linked with real ideas that are being actually implemented, I think they are an absolute power couple. Beautiful, power, the power cup of uh, stories and actions um, as, a, as, a, as a power couple. So if that is the holy grail, if that's what your goal is that you want to achieve is to see these stories live on, to see these stories expand and build a community and take action and become things uh, for positive impact, what's the dragon? What's the thing that might prevent you that might seem so big that you don't know if you can overcome it? What is that for you? Good question. I don't know. I, uh, um, good question. Good question. I think what scares me most is how to balance, you know, when you grow something to a certain level, which at the end is what will you need to do in order to make something of what I'm talking about. How much power do you lose over it? Mm. If, if that makes sense. I, I, I feel is like it- right now, like the work we've, we've been doing is very beautiful and very rewarding because at the end it's at a smaller scale and you sort of can keep track of what you're doing but maybe the the thing that's more challenging on how to do it is how you can actually scale it because sometimes i feel that when you scale something the power it might have had it gets diluted so i think what what what's what's my main concern is how do you scale it which is the best way to scale it or which is that way that you can actually multiply the impact that we are having right now. So you, you so that the, the big fear is losing the culture and losing the essence. Of yes. What and scale? 
because the input that I realized that it has, I've seen it only at, at smaller scale, mm -hmm. not as in a worldwide project. That's the only way I can see that this could actually have the impact that I will, that I would love to create. Maybe not me, maybe some whoever that that continues that if that's to happen. But I, 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 I wonder which is actually the best way to to be able to escalate this without it's losing its soul. Yeah, yeah. Keep, yeah. How how do you grow the the soul? How do you like? How do you how do you add more people but keep that soul the way it is? Because it's kind of yeah. like like you're, you're you are raising this child, and now the child's got to have its own personality. And you kind of have to let it go and go off into the wild. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some something in these lines, I think it's what's what's mm. more uncertain for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, definitely a concern I have too as we grow and as we scale. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an important thing to, to focus on. Culture is huge. Um, with that being said, um, is there anything you'd like to let the anybody know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and what you do? Yeah, join the hackathon. <laughs> how do they go to the, how do they go to join the hackathon? What does that look like? Um, the website is health for like as a number planet. Should I, I think it's a bit complicated. Maybe I should just write it somewhere. It's, but it's otherwise, garagestories.org, there is a link to join okay. for sure under the page events or the Instagram. Instagram, garage underscore stories, and you can find all the information about Hack the Planet. And yeah, I would love for all of you to join and experience it for hand, see, see how it goes for you, and help us help us achieve our bigger goals with your with your feedback and also your your support. Beautiful. So if they go to uh, Garage Stories, that's one place to find it. If they go to Instagram's Garage underscore stories. Underscore uh, stories. Yeah, Garage underscore stories on yeah. Instagram. They can find that. Yeah. Or it sounds like yeah. it was hack for planet. That might have been right. No, no. Hack for planet dot DKV dot ES. Okay. I see why you didn't go with the whole thing. Yeah. But it's there if you want to find that yeah. as well. Uh, show up if you've never been to a hackathon. It's super fun. It's a great way to it's a great way to make friends. It's a great way to get innovated. If you're trying to figure out and understand and wrap your head around a thing, um, it's it's a you know the if you want to go fast, you can go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a group of people. Okay. And if you if you be a part of this, you can learn, you can grow, and you can develop your skills. It's an amazing thing. Um, I was I was a mentor for the the last one. I, I might be a mentor for this one as well. Although I kind of want to participate, you know. <laughs> it seems like a lot of fun. So. Um, that's what we got, everybody. Uh, Mart, if, if people want to get a hold of you, um, how would they get a hold of you? Is it through Garage Stories? Or what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, hit her up on Instagram, Garage and Store Stories. Uh, Marta, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate thank all you. the good, positive vibes you put out there. Um, I appreciate you. Have a blessed and beautiful day. And I will thank see you. Thank you so much, Dylan. That was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care now. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.